doggy. This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Sneak, it's championship week. Oh my gosh. Are we really in championship week right now? I cannot believe it. It's pretty crazy. Who would have thought we'd be here except for all of us because it's ended up exactly like we predicted. (laughs) It is. And honestly, last week, you guys both won very handedly. And so it just is setting the stage for a barn burner of a championship. Or you guys both like score 111. Oh, uh, the the latter would be more fun for me. I'd feel more comfortable in a <laughs> trying to win out a yeah. win out a, a low score. <laughs> I feel like I'm better suited to win a little ugly, so we'll see. But yeah. before we get into that, we'll recap semifinals, break down the championship. But we got to do a nonsense minute. Got to. Is this this might be the last one of the season? Yeah, last one of the season for sure. Who knows wow. what we're doing after this? We'll see. But, Sneak, the theme of the episode this week will be threes, of course. So my question to you is, give me your top three trilogies. Oh, bro. It it can be movies, books, whatever, but I need to stick. It has to be trilogies. So that excludes, like, a Harry Potter, excludes, like, a Twilight or Star Wars. But I'll let you do, like, if you want to batch three of those together and leave out the others and we can do that i know what your number one is going to be it's going to be mine too but why don't you go first all right so yeah my number one trilogy obviously is going to be lord of the rings uh we've been everybody knows by now that that is our bread and butter our reason for living our lifeblood it's just it just can't be beat it just cannot be beat in my mind and in the minds of you and T and all those out there. Lord of the Rings is number one. Number two, we're going to go with the original Star Wars movies. Original, so four, five, six. Oh, yep, four, five, six. A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. That's number two. Do I know any other trilogies? <laughs> Uh, you got your Rush Hour trilogy. You got your uh, Hunger Games book trilogy. You got your um, Bill and Ted trilogy. You're right. Uh, yeah, I knew I was going to struggle here. You got your Santa Claus trilogy. You got your Princess Switch trilogy. All right, we're going Musical. with the Princess Switch trilogy. <laughs> we're going with <laughs> Princess Switch, holiday movies, Netflix, Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, You just, when you're looking for a fun holiday romp uh, with the greatest actress and singer in the world, then you you go with the Princess Princess Switch movies. There you go. Too solid. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Lord of the Rings, number one, for all the things that you already said. Oh, my gosh, it's so good. I'm going to go, uh, my next one will be uh, the Toy Story trilogy. So we're going to leave out number four. We're just going to do one, two, and three. Okay. Just great movies. Maybe a little recency because I just watched them with the girls recently. So just solid, good movies, though. 
Those are solid good movies. And I knew you were going to come in here with some great picks. I knew you weren't going to struggle. Uh, man, there's a lot more. There's a lot. There's a lot less trilogies in my mind than there is like four and five and six movies. That yeah, especially since they like now they drag those on. Yeah. Uh, third one, really quick, will be Hunger Games book trilogy. Duh, I got to do it. I already mentioned it, but yeah. yeah. Quick wrap up there. Quick wrap up. Those books were good. I wasn't. I didn't feel like the movies were near. Like I usually loved the movie adaptations, but I was just kind of like blot on those. Yeah, books. they weren't. They were not that great. But I have a brand. Well, I used to have a brand, very Hunger Games based, back in like 2011. So we'll just we'll just go back to that. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got a lot to get into, so we'll move on from the nonsense minute. But if you guys have three favorite trilogies, let us know. Tell us them all. All right, Shanique, let's recap the semifinals. You mentioned that they were somewhat lopsided affairs. Uh, We'll start with me versus Hesse in a matchup of two teams that were kind of beat up decimated with injuries and COVID. So, you know, I'd say it was pretty fairly matched as far as like who we had like lost throughout the week, but I ended up pulling it out and mostly because Hesse didn't have a quarterback to play. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's ruthless strategy, but this with, we ain't playing, this ain't peewee football, this ain't high school. So that's how you got to do it. And getting 35 from Justin Jackson in the flex is just in an insane amount of just insane all around. But we all know why that happened. We all know why, but I'm going to tell you guys again anyway. Summer of handcuffs. Do that's why not, we do it. Do not forget it. Ingrain it in your mind. It works. It helps. It's worth it, folks. I mean, look at it. Look at it. Look, look at, at it. it. Look. Are you looking? Yeah, I'm gonna rub your nose in it. I show you mine. You're not showing me yours. Show us. But uh, has he put up a good season like we had talked about before? He most points in the regular season. Uh, fought hard for a playoff spot. Won in the first round. He says it's for the first time. So uh, I don't really remember. But congratulations on on that to Hesse. And you know, part of it was if if we both had full teams, it might have looked a little different. So. You know, I don't know if that hurts or helps, but he had a good season, Hess, and yeah, next year we'll see what happens. Yeah, good. I mean, Jesse made it to the the semis. That's a that's a very big accomplishment. Uh, I yeah, it remains to be seen on what his future looks like. You know, after giving up the likes of Higgins, Montgomery, and Jefferson for, and you know, all of our opinions, a try to win now. You know, he Jesse will spin it how he's going to spin it, and we can't to see, wait to see what he does in the future. Shout out Cadillac. His favorite. Does he have a jersey? He's got to have a Cadillac Williams jersey. If not, I'm going to get The times he talks about him, if you don't have a jersey, then I don't know. I will find one on, I mean, it's probably only on, like, eBay right now, but I'll find one for, like, $7, and it's coming right to your house. I see. I think you live in a house right now in Hawaii. Maybe you it's like... It lives on like a boat, maybe like a volcanic, uh, a piece of like volcanic, uh, was it rock? Maybe maybe they live in a palm tree, yeah, or like a sand castle, <laughs> sand mansion. Get it right, Jesse. I dare you to go and build a sand 
mansion and live in it for three days. You won't. I'll give you all of my picks and Dak. Ooh. If you somehow document that you actually did that, a live camera feed for 72 hours. For sure do that, Hesse. All right. Let's recap the other, uh, the other semifinal matchup. Eric put up a huge score, 200 points. Eighth. And beat Wade, who didn't put up a bad score himself, 160. But if your opponent's putting up 200, there's not much you can do. No. Uh, huge games from all the Bengals. Eric didn't even play T. Higgins and still put up 200. So, you got six from Keenan Allen and six from his kicker and five from his defense. That's like, you know, kicker and defense, you don't really ever expect. You know, if you could get 10, you're like and happy at least. And he gets 11 from those two positions and he still gets 200. It's just absolute thromping of wade and the fairy tale uh comes to an end for wade uh but again congratulations you did better than a lot of uh, the rest of the league uh, i think you still have a pretty decent future uh but yeah like you said you're going up against a 200 you're going up against that kind of output uh you're just you're just not gonna you're just not gonna win and yeah i mean he would have he would have beat jesse i would have lost to eric in the semifinals so you know, kind of luck of the draw uh, for that too, but seeding matters. Yeah, we've determined that it it does matter. <laughs> Apparently, because we said yeah, whatever about it when we did the preview, but it really did make a difference. But yeah, Wade. I mean, he's got some seemingly a better future outlook than Jesse. Some younger guys, a really deep team. Actually, when you look at it, like he made some lineup decisions that. Uh, you know, wouldn't have mattered, but he could have put up a little more of a fight. Like he, he benched Josh Allen uh, going up against the Patriots for Jalen Hurts. And what was the point spread there? Hurts had 21, so not bad. Allen had 40, so oh. a 19 point swing. Yeah. Uh, again, wouldn't have made a difference in the matchup, but just looking at Wade with like two young fantasy quarterback studs, again, we're, the the dichotomy between real life versus fantasy for Jalen Hurts is well documented on this show. So it doesn't matter. He's got an asset in the future as long as Jalen Hurts is a starter. And then he had Sonny Michelle on the bench, Wade did, who looks to kind of have a career resurgence and might be looking at uh, a new spot or more playing time in the future. Elijah Mitchell, who was hurt, is, is a young guy who has been good. So Wade has building pieces along with Jalen Waddle and Nick Chubb. So good, good chance that he's sniffing the semifinals again, if not better next year. Yeah. He's got great young assets that are high producers uh, and the, all the names that you mentioned. Uh, I don't know necessarily if I am on you with the resurgence of Sony Michelle, but heck it is the Rams and they've got an high powered offense, but yeah, the likes of Waddle and Lamb, his quarterbacks, you know, what his running backs can do. He's in decent shape, and he'll probably, uh, you know, barring anything crazy next year, he'll at least be in the playoffs, I imagine. All right, well, that was that was the semifinals. Quick rundown of it. We got bigger fish to fry here. But before we do that, let's hear a word from a new sponsor, and then we'll get into the finals matchup. This week's episode of the Scum and Sneak Show is brought to you by 
Alka-Seltzer cold and flu because I've been pounding it. And if I hadn't been doing that, I would sound much worse than I do already. So if you are sick during this cold winter season, get yourself some Alka-Seltzer. They didn't even pay us for this ad. I'm still doing it because I believe in the product. Juice Plus. What a great ad, man. <laughs>The May Three Boys. The May Three Boys. Two men separated by one year and zero other ways to tell them apart. Both ended the season 10 and four. Both snuck into a first round bye. Both have traded like crazy. Both love Kyle Pitts, but both cannot be champions. Only one can emerge as the birthday boss. The birthday boss! And that will now never be the same. May 3, may be mayhem. Lavuska, easy flow, Ernie Fritz. A contender shot out of a cannon after biding his time for years and waiting to strike. Ernie is looking to complete the rare one year turnaround of worst to first, and he may just do it. He shocked the world in the deal of the century with Sneak in the offseason. But that was only the beginning for Big Earn. In the draft, he picked immediate contributors that looked to be the future of the league. Mid-season, he traded in his sermon clothes for a Bengals jersey and united the Joe Mar Churro stack. Then, on National Trade Day, he refreshed his team yet again and left Hesse in a brittle old wake. Savvier than a pirate and wilier than a coyote. But what can men do against such reckless hate? Eric is on the precipice of creating a new dynasty. But he has one last step to take before his coronation. One last fear to face? One last scum to wipe out. It's a tall feat for Ern, but who else would you trust? when asked to slay a dragon. Scum? Scum? A name that has haunted the LV Dynasty League for a millennia. The league stares into the void of potential three-peat, and Scum stares right back. 
the emptiness you feel late at night after a tough fantasy loss, scum! The coldness in your heart when you've been eliminated from playoffs, scum! The unshakable, unbreakable, unmistakable despair that you have yet again lost another trade, Children have been born to this league that know no other champion. The most solid truths in their young lives have been just that the sun will rise each morning, the moon will come out at night, and scum will reign supreme. Yet, all good things come to an end, and the champion looks more vulnerable than ever. It has been by heart and guile that he made it to the championship game against Ernie and will need every bit to hold on to his top spot. What was once depth and young talent is now volume and hope. But there is still one scummy trick up his sleeve. The magic elixir of the Mahomes-Kelsey stack may be less potent then in recent years, but still fuel this one last hurrah for the scum lord. The future may be murky and the outcome up in the air. But one thing this host does know for certain, scumping wicked this way scums. The champion versus the upstart, the old guard versus the new. The Chiefs versus the Bengals. Juge versus Eric. The season started with these two matched up in week one, and it ends with the same matchup in week 17. We predicted it early. We had doubts during the season, but destiny calls and fate cannot be denied. Ooh, chills. <laughs> That's the matchup. Me, Scummy versus Eric. Ah, I'm nervous. Man, I would be too, honestly. Going for the three-peat, making history. Uh, Ernie, we've he's got he's got the team. And uh, but I just I just there's Something pulling at me that I think that you're going to do it. Four championships in a row, a three-peat on the horizon. Man, let's dive into this matchup and see what it's going to look like. All right. And just so everyone knows, we are going to bring Eric on, too, for a little interview after this. But Scum and Sneak got to do the breakdown first. That's the rules. Why isn't Sleeper updating the matchup? I know, right? Well, so I, it seems like Eric and I should have, like, pretty full teams based on the news. Uh, the thing that is hurting me right now is Miles Sanders has a broken hand, so I won't be able to start him. But Travis Kelsey, Austin Eckler should be back for me. Eric didn't really have anyone out for COVID, and it seems like with the new like protocols that the NFL is putting in, we're not going to see you know these uh, extended misses from people if they test positive. So, right, I think we're in a spot where we kind of know the the matchups or I guess we know the players that are going to be playing for us. My, my decisions are like, what am I going to do for running backs? Am I going to 
play Boston Scott as a sub for Miles Sanders or do I play Jeff Wilson if Elijah Mitchell's still out or Daryl Williams if Clyde is out so that's like my those are my options and that would change but I think all three of those options kind of end up being about the same it just depends on who's going to get more playing time would you kind of agree there like yeah I think it's gonna that's what it sounds like it's going to be coming down to the the COVID, the people coming back, and dang, yeah, like we preluded, the Chiefs and the Bengals play each other. Wow, wow, that's the that's the game this week. That is that is the game. I mean, you got Mahomes, Kelsey. Don't are you going to be playing Daryl? I I kind of want to just to put him in that game, and it sounds like Clyde's going to be out, so I think that is going to be my move. Wow, you're gonna have we're gonna have three Chiefs on your side and potentially at least three, at least three Bengals on Irm's side. Wow, what a championship matchup! It's all gonna come down to that game. That's really, golly, wow, that's awesome. I love that. That's fun. Yep, it's it's really uh, nerve wracking, honestly. Because so let, let's play that one now because that's the big game again. So like you talked about, Mahomes. Kelsey, probably Darrell Williams versus Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, maybe even T. Higgins. Maybe. I mean, I've <coughs> had a better defense recently, but do you, is he going to be brave enough to play four Bengals? Right. In the, in the game against the Chiefs defense that has been somewhat improved, right? Like they've seemed like they are, are solid. Um, but the, the flip side of that is if we have confidence in the Chiefs offense, like the Bengals are going to have to throw, have to keep up, right? It's, that's where I get, like, sad that even if the game's high scoring, I don't think I'd have an advantage because he's got more Bengals and kind of more of the firepower. Like, I don't have Tyreek Hill to join in on the fun. Um, if it's Honestly, a- the way I'm kind of seeing this matchup, if I were to like be real bold, is that Mixon was going to be the odd man out here. Sure. I just I think the Chiefs are going to force, or at least the Bengals, unless they're like really really smart and sneaky, then maybe they're going to like the Bengals will just play into the hand of like let's just go out there and throw the ball, and maybe not. Maybe Mixon will get he's you know he's been getting a lot of catches, but. Yeah, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's the guy that's odd man out here, and it's going to be, you know, Burrow again going for five hundred yards. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a dumb, really a dumb thing to say because Mixon's been killing it all year. But you got to feel like there's got to be someone on that Bengal that just doesn't play well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've seen it too, right? Like huge blow up last week, but the week before that, Burrow, Chase. Um, Higgins, I think, too, were all kind of duds. It was more of a mix-in and a, like a Tyler Boyd big play. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not counting on that, obviously, like from what we just saw from the Bengals. Like, they're, they can click and have huge games when they need to. So, that is pretty scary. Yeah, definitely. Agree with that. Uh, I assume you're going to get Eckler back. Yeah. Uh, I guess what's what are your current receivers going to be looking like right now? Are you leaning towards? I mean, I you're going to probably be playing. Amari's in. Amari, yeah. Adam Thielen is looking like questionable. I would guess trending not playing. So after him, I'm looking at 
uh, Russell Gage, and then Brandon Cook should be back from COVID. So Cook's back. His matchup is the Niners. That's a pretty decent matchup for him. Would you think about Julio? Would you think about Cortland? Julio's uh, got COVID, so that takes that off the board for me, thankfully, because I don't want to. I don't want to consider him and trust him right now. Okay. Cortland still was terrible with Drew Locke, so I mean, I might need to look at it um, with him versus the Chargers, who just gave up a buttload of points to the Texans. But yeah. I think they're more susceptible to like the running game, and that's what the Broncos want to do. So I would expect more like. Javante and Melvin in that game than, than Cortland and Judy. So, yeah, I mean, Russell Gage had a decent game at least last week, like better than the duds that he had, the zeros that he had with me uh, earlier in the year. So, I mean, I might just have to trust it and trust that the volume will be back. Um, you know, looking on the other side of that, Eric's got Kyle Pitts. So a lot kind of riding on the Falcons game too and where, that workload goes like if it's a huge Cordero game, it probably hurts me more than it hurts Eric. Cause he's done it off the back of like just pedestrian games from Pitts, which should be the same. It shouldn't really change. Um, yeah. Jefferson on Ernie's side got a great matchup against the Packers uh, divisional game. I think Jefferson, I mean, pretty much locked into that 15 to 20. And then if he throws a touchdown in there, he's obviously just freaking great. Freaking messy. Yep. Montgomery against the Giants is a nice matchup. Keenan Allen, I think, has a good matchup. Ah, Denver, he might be. He, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe he is crazy. Maybe he's not crazy. Maybe he makes a decision to bench Allen for Higgins. Right. Especially after the past two weeks we've seen from Higgins. Like, that's not going to be uh, too surprising to see. Yeah, let's see. Honestly, in the rest of his – he doesn't really have to make any more hard calls. The rest of his bench are, like, rookies and young guys that, like, he's just holding for the future. So, I would say, really, maybe the Keenan Allen for Higgins swap. And maybe he does something. I mean, at this point, we're, we're calling for this to be – I mean, at the, let's just be honest. We're calling this to be close, whether it's low scoring or high scoring. I think it's – I don't think either one of you just runs away with this thing. So maybe he looks to do something with the defense even. Like, you guys got to look at your defenses here. Tennessee against Miami, he could easily get a turnover or two and, and sack two. He's not the most mobile. I don't know if I like San Francisco against uh, Houston just because I, Davis Mills, my boy, has been balling. Right. Uh, you know, you got to look at – you got to look at everything in this matchup and definitely yeah. try and get every advantage you can. So I have been pretty much, I've been counting on the Cowboys defense a lot lately. Like they've been scoring a lot of points and before the playoffs, I had kind of eyed this week 17 in case I got there and said, okay, maybe the Cardinals isn't that great of a matchup, but it's looking like it might be fine this week. So I might stick with the Cowboys, but there's also some other, I don't have a defense right now, but, some of the waiver wire options don't look too bad. So, you know, this is the week that you've got to tinker. You've got to just say, I have confidence in this matchup. Um, I'm scared of Kyler blowing up. So I'm just going to play a defense that can get me 10 versus potentially like zero. So 
Yeah, like Ernie, he's not going to bench Mixon. Not he was Mixon's the number three running back on the year. But you go down on the bench, he's got Javante against the Chargers, which has got to be like a top three runnable defense, right? Yep, they are. So maybe he's crazy and takes Mixon out. You know, yeah, this is you don't want to be afraid of the tinker because this is the championship, but you also don't. It's hard. It's got to be hard for someone in the championship. You know, we'll talk about this with Earn is. Uh, you know, do you just roll with what you what's got you there, or do you say, well, crap, maybe you know, Mixon's been blowing up, maybe he's due for a dud. Like, do you really get that far into it, or do you not? Like, I like you know, I've never been in a championship game. Do you just roll with what's got you there, or do you try to really tinker? Well, typically with my teams, it's been I roll with who got me there because I don't have much depth after that. Uh, this year's a little different <laughs> where the guys that got me there are like Godwin who's towards ACL. So I have to get a little more creative and tinkery. Eric, I think, yeah, his, his one choice, and you've been kind of touching on it on similar thought, but rather than Mixon or Javante, I think it might be Najee and Javante. Like the, the Steelers offense hasn't looked great the past few weeks. Najee's uh, guaranteed volume where Javante is going to split but that's where the matchup versus volume versus like who got you there versus the bench, you know, that those were those considerations that would come in for me. Uh, if, if I was Eric, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's smart. And you're, you're the, the go-to knowledge man on all this four cha- uh, championships in a row with going for the three feet. So we defer to you, our King. <laughs> I get, I mean, I don't, I don't even I don't even know anymore. I've been in so many championship games that it all kind of blurs together at this point. The only constant for me has been uh, plug in Travis Kelsey in the lineup. So that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to count on. That's what I'm going to hope for. And I got, I got nothing else, honestly, because we went through the lineups like Eric's looks better than mine. I'm sure when the projections come out, he's going to be projected to win, but uh, I've got, I've got a good stack that can blow up. I hope they do. And again, that's I said it before. That's what it's going to come down to for this run. But I think that's enough from me, uh, at least solely. So we're going to bring in Eric now. We're going to interview him for this matchup, and we're going to pick that big old brain of his. Yo. Hello, hello. There he is. Welcome back to the show, Eric. I think you're the first two-time guest in the same season, I want to say. I think that's accurate. So congratulations on that. Congratulations on making it to the championship game against me. Uh, before we continue on with like matchups and stuff we've been talking about, how do you feel about it? What do you want to say about your season, about your run? About what you did to get here well i think my my run is uh exactly how i wanted it you know like a and i was a powerhouse at the start based on roster and uh then my team kind of sucked started to go under the radar and was just kind of a sleeping giant the whole year and then it's just turned it on when i needed him to the most so i'm excited to see what happens on sunday and by turned it on you mean you got 
Jefferson and Montgomery. <laughs> Turned on my trading, my yeah. trading skills. Yeah. No, big time trade skills. Uh, we've in this episode, we've given you kudos on that. What we've talked about right now is kind of a matchup. Talked about the importance, obviously, of the Chiefs versus the Bengals game. But what are some of the lineup decisions that you may or may not be dealing with right now? Are you tinkering much? Are you kind of set? Are you comfortable with what you have? Because uh, not- I'm not. I'm tinkering. <laughs> I'm not set at all because do I, do I really dare start Jamar Chase and Higgins? Yes, you do. <laughs> and, then, and then if I do, do I bench Keenan Allen? Yes, I guess you I have do. to. Uh, I don't like that. Here's a, then, yeah, I, I heard you guys talking. I heard you guys mulling it over and, you know, tinkering. You got your lineup, what you're going to do. You're here in the championship. You know, the wonderkind – just a one-year turnaround, and here you are in the championship. You're going to go down as a legendary fantasy football player, just like Scum. But for all of our listeners out there, and for all of fantasy football people alike, talk to us just about what fantasy football means to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, fantasy football is just really a way of life, you know? It's uh, it's just the way you, you live your life. You just focus on that and forget everything else. You know, that's it. It's so true, though, because how many how many like July, February conversations have we had about wanting the season to start about <laughs> wanting to be able to trade? Not even about like specific players or prospects for the draft. I just want to be able to get in there. I want to move picks. I want to do something. So because it's about the hope and the the future hope it's it's like you just said we want to be playing fantasy football year round and what we're doing in may and july may not really have all the major consequence for the future but it just it just keeps us engaged and like ernie said it's a way of life this is this is not just some little fun thing we do this is literally fuels us day in and day out because there's nothing else in our lives that fuels us right guys exactly that's right but to be on, to be to be honest, it's it's like it's, I think it's a very this league specifically is a great way for for all the boys to just stay in touch all year long. And I think it's I think that's why this makes this league so special is that it's just all year, even if we don't say anything to each other, we just send a text, hey, you want to make a trade, and then it just gets us right back into it. Yeah, it's so, so true. Connector of lives. Wish we could get a little more connection out of some of you, but <laughs> hey, well, you know, July, August, it rolls around, then we're, then we're back. So, Well, you know what I was thinking about, Ernie, is that here you are in the championship, and you've been known for being a trader, being a guy that's trader. out there, you know, trying to always make moves, trying to always improve, and you've kind of had this reputation of like stockpiling picks and players and moving like big name players and getting back, you know, you've just kind of been out there, but now you're in the championship. Now it's not like just Ernie's kind of hiding in the corner, like biding his time. You're here now. That's kind of an interesting question. And I want you to be completely honest with me. Do you feel somewhat, I guess I don't know what the word is. Do you feel somewhat weird and kind of like, Ooh, I'm actually in the championship. Or you're like, I know I'm here. I'm going to win. This is the whole point. Or do you kind of feel like, well, now I'm in the forefront 
you know, I'm in front of the camera, the whole world is watching me. Do you kind of, you kind of sort of feel like maybe you shouldn't be here on your own standards or are you just like, no, this is what I did. I'm here to win. And then you guys are going to, you know, deal with it. Um, I think that I am, I don't think I don't belong here because I, I look on paper. I still think my team is the best. But at the same time, I feel very lucky because you look at Julian's team, you look at Brandon's team, and they've been decimated by injuries and COVID. And, and my team has been kind of safe from that. Um, part of that is just like having depth. But part of that is Julian's whole bench has COVID or is injured for the whole year. And mine, mine's not really like that. I just have a couple guys. So um, part of it is luck. And part of it is just having the depth to – deal with 50 people on the COVID list. Oh yeah. Part of it is for sure luck because you lose the, the key player on your team at the right time and then you're decimated or you lose him after the trade deadline and you can't do anything about it. And your team just gets worse without the ability to try and improve it or, or pivot. So for both of us, it's been luck for sure. I mean, like, we, we recapped the semifinal matchup already, but if if Jesse has Lamar Jackson and Dalvin Cook last week, it could be a very different outcome. And it's just a matter of, I don't know, being uh, favored by, by the fates. I think that's really what it comes down to. I agree. I think it's, it's with uh, especially the past year or two with COVID, I think uh... – it's about 80% luck who's in the finals in any league. Yeah, so if I lose, there's definitely an asterisk on this championship is all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you lose, you mean. All right, Eric. If you win, if you win this championship, what is the first thing you're going to do? I mean, first thing I'm going to do is probably brag because I feel like that's the only rest, the right thing to do. But the question is, how am I going to brag? So I guess you guys will find out on Tuesday. When I start bragging, you mean? <laughs> no, Maybe. Great. You got to. You got to flaunt it. You got to get out there, let everybody know. Uh, and you got to just, you got to take the time to revel in the glory. Now, if you win, what's the second thing you're going to do? <laughs> Blow it up. Are you going to go back into obscurity? trading getting are you gonna say no this is my team what is what is the strategy of what would be your new strategy going forth in the next year if you were to win well in typical coach speak you just got to get better every day you know so whatever, whatever that's trades whether that's picking up guys just every day is another opportunity to get better so if the opportunities come trade offers come then we'll see what happens but i'm in no rush at this point if my team is championship worthy then i'm in no rush to to make any moves but i'm sure i will over the course of the offseason i'm sure there'll be plenty of moves made Shanae, what else you got well what else do i have those were good questions i have a question for you two yes i need a start or sit question okay you're talking about the lineups and whether i'm tinkering and this one seems like a no-brainer, but I'm I'm struggling with it. If Jimmy Garoppolo is out, 
my boy Trey Lance is in line to start against the Texans. Mm-hmm. Do I go all in on the Bengals and start all of them and Mixon and Higgins and Chase and Burrow? Or do I kind of hedge my bet a little bit and start Trey Lance, who's going to get 150 yards rushing? I'll let you. That's the question. Like that's so funny because that's like a big thing in, in fantasy right now, right? People picked up Trey Lance. Sneak, you drafted Trey Lance for this end of the year slate that the Niners have had and the Texans in championship week being like the, the crown jewel of that. Jimmy G held on to that starting spot for this, you know, all this time until right now. So would I have confidence in starting Trey Lance in a good matchup, just banking on rushing and that being like the key to fantasy success for quarterbacks? My answer would be no, because the Texans are legit because they just shut down Joe Justin <laughs> Herbert. I would 1,000% not start Trey Lance, and I would stick with your Bengals, Joe Burrow. I just think that's – I think there's nothing wrong with taking a hard look at your team and trying to find the edge. I just think that's, that sounds a little too far – fetched for me and but again what do I know I've never been in a championship but I would say if you're asking starter sit Burrow or Lance start Burrow yeah you gotta start right, you guys say so you you made, of- you made the trade for him he got you here if if Trey Lance had played the past like three or four weeks and it looked really good then it might be a discussion but first start that's tough Second start. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, first start, <laughs> right, first start back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I appreciate the input. You guys are the pros. What else do we, what else do we got for her on the precipice of this potential first championship on the eve of a potential three-peat from scum? Here we are, us three, talking about it to the world. The world is listening. The world has got their ears to the ground. They want to know between you guys. Who is going to win and why? And why do you deserve it? I'll start. <clears throat> I'm going to win because I put in the work. I put in the time. I've led this league as its champion for two years now. Been in the championship game now for a full presidential term, which is kind of fun. Wow. And, you know, it's just... It's time that we had a three-peat winner in this league. It's time that we had some stability after, you know, the do-nothing commission is just taking us here and there and left us to the wins most season. So I think I bring that to the table for us. I think that, you know, Eric is definitely the number one trade guy and is really good at it, but I've, I've put in my work in trades and I've been willing to you know, make some hard decisions and move on from guys and just do what it takes to get me to this place when other people would have been like hard rebuild. I'd stuck it out, tried to get here. And I have Travis Kelsey, so I deserve to win. Thank you for your time. That is, those are amazing points. You are correct. It has been nice to have you at the forefront of this league for so long. The three people add uh, balance, if you will, to this republic. And uh, I, uh, 
I, I, along with the rest of this league and all of our listeners and the fantasy world, is eager to see how this shakes out. Now, Mr. Ernie E. Fritz, LaVisca LaVusca himself, why, who's going to win? Why do you deserve it? And who would you dedicate your win to? Um, well, I think this is a, a true underdog story. After the past five years of how bad my team has been, I've been embarrassed by my team, but I've stuck, I've stuck through, I've traded, I've drafted, and this is the team I'm with. And this, this win on Sunday is for everyone else in this league. This is for the true underdog to unseat the tyrant that is Julian. He will finally go down this week, and I will bring peace to this league. So Julian is not on top anymore, and we do not have to get scummer buttons anymore. This is a new era of LV Dynasty. And after I win, I will dedicate this win to my wife, who does the draft for me every year, and my son, who sets my lineup every week. You... You heard it here, world first. The words out of the mouth of Big Earn himself. He is not afraid to come at scum, to come at my partner. He is not afraid to say his feelings and what is on his heart. He is working for all of you listening right now. So I love it. We all love it. We wish you both fantasy glory in whatever forms they may take but before we leave we would be remiss if we didn't have our last our very last of 2021 hopes and dopes so starting with you Ern, eric who are your hopes and dopes of the championship matchup between you and Scum. Oh, boy. Here's the thing. All year, Julian has been talking about Kyle Pitts this, Kyle Pitts that. It's been a hot topic on the show. And wouldn't it be right if the final hope of the week is Kyle Pitts puts up a 25-point game, a couple of touchdowns, wouldn't it be perfect? Oof. Oof. I don't like to hear it, but I respect it. You have to stick by your morals. And you're doing it. Got to. Honestly, I don't know who he's playing this week, but I do know he's going to score 25 points. Uh, am I allowed to rebut? No. You have to <laughs> who's your dope. Okay. My dope of the week is naturally going to come from Julian's team. Okay, obviously. Now, I've got the whole Bengals offense, but the true hero on Sunday is going to be the Bengals defense shutting down Travis Kelsey, the dope. Under 10 points for Travis Kelsey this week. We're back to the, we're back to the tight ends. We're back to Kelsey against Pitts conversation, the old versus the new. And you got to say stuff like that. You got to put it out in the universe because we know what Kelsey has been and what he can be. So I love it. Scum, hit us with your hopes and dopes. <clears throat> okay. My hope 
is going to be someone often unheralded, someone who people are going to scoff at. But you know what? Fantasy heroes come in all shapes and sizes, especially in week 17. We know this. And my hope this week is one Boston Scott. Ooh, all right. You know, he. this is going to be yet another example of why we do summer of handcuffs. Miles Sanders, broken hand. Sorry, bud. Heal up. Jordan Howard, stinger. It seems like he's going to be out or at least limited. So that leaves Boston Scott to not lead the backfield, but be part of the platoon in one of the run heaviest offenses in the league in what should be a positive game script against the Washington football team who just got absolutely destroyed by the Cowboys, got run all over, got passed all over. And Boston Scott should have a serviceable game and should do just enough to get me that W. That's a great call because we live and die for years upon years of scummer of handcuffs. And it helped you out last week. It's going to help you out again this week. I like it. Stay true to form. Do not waver. That is scum. And your dope? My dope this week is going to be on Eric's team. Hopefully that is a major surprise to everyone. But the dope is going to be David Montgomery. Oh, it's out in the world now. You better start trembling, world. It's going to be uh, a little a little ointment. No, it's not the word. It's not. It's going to be a little, a little sting in the eye of Eric after making that trade, after making a, a big deal with Hesse to get you know one of the major chips in Montgomery. And he's going to just going to have a bad game against a pretty, not stout, but uh, an underrated Giants defense, especially against the run. So he's definitely not going to have that huge game, too, of like nine targets and seven receptions. They'll be ho-hum. I'm going to give him the old Antonia line of under 14 points. And again, that dud is going to help me secure the dub. Well, you heard it here first, folks. They came for the throat. They ripped out the jugular. The universe knows what to expect, and we will all be waiting to see if your calls are correct. I will be refraining from hopes and dopes for the final week of the season because I don't want to be jinxing nobody or putting no bugs in nobody's ears. I'm not even going to pick a winner because – this is needs to stay as pure as the driven snow. We need this winter to be just no controversies out there. And whoever it is will reign supreme. We're either going to have a three-peat on our hands or uh, from last to first, coming up from the mud, representing all of those who have been downtrodden and beaten in this fantasy world. And we'll see if Earn gets his first win. And that's all I got for you. <laughs> I am dying over here. <laughs> I'm sweating. Let's uh, let's let's end it with another scum and sneak favorite, Eric. Crumble bet on our matchup. I'm in. You heard it here first, folks. The second ever crumble bet on the scum and sneak show, or the championship game. 
I can't wait to pick my four flavors of crumble. <laughs> crumble is on the table. Winner gets a four pack and the eternal glory of being a champion in the LV Dynasty League. That we're all in. <laughs> Eric, one last thing. Uh, don't forget. You. I said it. One last thing for you and for everyone else. Remember, if I win a three-peat, Chase has to get a scummer tattoo on his left butt cheek. That might be the ultimate prize. Do I tank? I think you have to. But crumbles on the table. I still buy the crumble for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. Yes, we no, will. I don't think any of us want to see Chase's butt, though. Yeah, Jerry has a air freshener of it, so. Yikes. On bikes. All right. Well, we'll we'll end it here. Thank you, Eric, for coming on. Thank you for being a worthy opponent. I'll see you on the battlefield, and I'm gonna win. All right. It's been a pleasure, guys. It's been a fun fantasy football season. I look forward to seeing what happens on Sunday and Monday. But since I'm going to win and I'm a man of the people, if I get crumble, it's going to all you guys. Wow. Wow. There he is. He's on the campaign trail now. (laughs) Take us out, Sneak. All righty, folks. Well, thank you once again to all of our loyal fans, friends, family, lovers, scorned enemies and foes. This is the Scum and Sneak Show, the premier fantasy football podcast about the LV Dynasty League that we are all in and so long. Bye. like making hand gestures and shit. Sneak's monologues are like no other, I tell you. I don't know how he does it.